0: On today's podcast, we're talking about how to keep your wood good. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. It's Shane and Justin again. Hey, let the innuendos begin on this one. There's going to be a few (laughs) where it's like... There's no doubt we're going there. See so well, you know, you know when you start
1: up. off. You know when you start off a podcast episode with with one, yeah. That the, it's setting the tone. So that's here it. we go.
0: Here we go. How to keep your wood good. So, topic for today is talking about the different uh, products that are out there to make sure your framing on your deck lasts a little bit longer. To be more technical instead of keeping good wood. That's what we're talking about today. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, like end cut treatments and a little bit about joist tapes and well, that's really it. But there's a lot of products within those two categories. Exactly.
1: There's a plethora of stuff on the market.
0: So what do you want to start with? I don't know. Let's paints. Start. Sure. I was the liquid stuff?
1: That. The liquid stuff, yes.
0: So to my surprise, this is not as well known in all markets as I thought it would be. In our market, this has been a product that... Like I've always used since I built my first deck, it was just something you did here. You had like you had to do it. But I know from posting about it on my Instagram in past years when I was still building, a lot of people were asking, "What do you? What's that crap you're painting on the ends of your joists when you're cutting your framing and stuff?" And so like, then you had to explain it. It's like, well, it's an end cut sealant. It's like, well, we don't use that here. It's not required. Blah blah. And I so
1: the, I wonder if the, the the conception is that it's like, well, the wood's already pre-treated. Uh, it's pre-treated. So if we if I make a cut, then it's no big deal.
0: It's probably part of it, yeah. but. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh it just isn't a common thing in other areas, I guess. But I remember kind of going through this with people and then they would go do their own research and be like, and find out that, oh, the brand of treated lumber I'm using actually says I'm supposed to be using this. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't aware of it, but it, it says you're supposed to. So the reason for this end cut treatment is treated lumber is treated by soaking in a vat of some Stuff. sort of copper chemical. Yeah. And so it just absorbs this chemical and then it gets pulled out and it gets banded and shipped off on the truck. So it doesn't, it doesn't sitting there long enough or it doesn't the treatment doesn't get deep enough into the wood to treat the bore right to the core of the board it's just really a surface treatment for the right. most part and that's fine when you're not cutting it but if you cut it you've then exposed the untreated core of the pine, spruce fir, hemlock, whatever your area uses for treated lumber Now sometimes in certain markets you'll, or certain types of lumber, certain brands will have um, small incisions in it that that allows the treatment to get a little bit deeper. Usually your ground contact stuff has those little incisions to get the treatment get deeper, but it's still not going all the way through. So what the end cut uh, solution is supposed to do is seal up those raw ends of the boards. Mm -hmm. So great idea to do with all your cut end of your joists, great idea to do with your stringers. stringers. Stair stringers are big, right? Because um, when you cut your stair stringers, you're cutting out a, t- a ton of meat out of it, and you're exposing a lot of that open core, and you're exposing a lot of end grain that's more porous that will soak in more water. So exactly, it's it. good to treat them with uh, this solution. You can get it in a variety of brands and whatever. They are all. I'm assuming they're all fairly good. Yeah, we've
1: we've we use one particular brand that's that doesn't kill everything if it drips off the uh, drips off the boards.
0: Yeah, but. so some of it is like putting pure diesel, like it's just yeah it kills everything turpentine it just stinks and it's like
1: and you you, yeah like when I remember when you know we would come home from a job site and both of our wives would be like get to the shower like it's the stuff is rank. it's pretty heavy duty
0: together both you hurry up
1: and take a camera
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, listen, honey's. <laughs> We're friends, not <laughs> anyway. We're not just a couple pieces of meat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't just treat us like that. <laughs> so the stuff stunk, and you you would smell like it for days. I know that we used to sell armorall. Actually, made one. We yeah. used to sell at the store here years ago, and. It worked good like it soaked in and it repelled water and everything else but it's it just it was strong stuff you did not want to get it on your hands and it was impossible not to you're painting it on with a paintbrush and your hand on a the job same, yeah, site and exactly. you're grabbing that chunk of wood and you're painting your blocking and they're only 10 and a half inches long yeah. and 14 and a half inches long you're gonna get it on you no doubt yeah and and some of it was just like bright bright green so it stained your clothes and everything else so a couple of years ago probably three four years ago we Came upon a product called Protect-A-Cut. Yes, made by Sanson, Sanson. Corporation, mm. and it's an in-cut treatment as well. Uh, I believe it's like a low VOC, a little bit more environmentally friendly, but works in a little bit different of a manner too. It's kind of more of a, it's not a, it's not a wax, but that's kind of what it reminds you of. It kind of it's like a cl- it's almost like a clay. Like, based, it smells like clay. Yeah, like Play-Doh. Yeah. So but, it's not rancid by any means. And I think
1: app- like application-wise, they want. I mean. I think for it for it optimal performance they want like three coats or something like that but
0: Yeah they want you to layer it on as much as you can you just which is not a bad idea on. yeah i just like one One big coat and on it goes. But it it soaks into the wood really well. They have different colors. They've got their clear clear brown green. So if you're using ACQ green lumber, use the green one because it'll match really well. If you're using like a tanatone or a Micropro Sienna or something, then use the brown one because it'll match really well. And it does actually match really well. It goes on really bright, um, but once it dries, it fades to like the same color of the treatment. So it's nice for using on not just your framing, but if you're doing a pressure treated deck with deck boards, you can treat the ends of them and it protects it and gives the brown color back to the cut end of the board instead the of being bright look. white lumber yeah, so exactly. and like you can drink it
1: it tastes amazing I don't know yeah. if
0: that's true don't drink it disclaimer don't actually drink it but it doesn't stink or it doesn't smell poisonous it doesn't like you can get it on you it's tough to get off your hands because it does it smells it, it like it literally really smells well. like
1: wet crayons
0: yeah it is a so waxy I mean, clay I, mean, I, mean I ate crayons as a kid so yep so there you go don't do that here's so there that there it turns is. out. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> we're like, this is going to be a very long podcast. We've talked about end cut sealant <laughs> for six minutes. Perfect. <laughs> Anyways, a lot of, a lot, if not all of pressure treated lumber um, manufacturers require, or they, it's part of their installation method is you're supposed to treat your cuts with something, mm-hmm. with some sort of end cut treatment. So we really, really like protect cut. It's amazing um, because it doesn't stink and it works great. And it, mm-hmm. like, if you get it on something, I know I've had, I've dripped some of it on a uh, like a composite deck board before, and it, like if you clean it up right away, no problem. But if you let that dry and sit there in the sun for a little bit, once it dries, it's tight. you can't get it off with water. You right. need to like you need to get a soap and a stiff bristle brush and kind of scrape it off. So it like it sticks to whatever it's going to pretty well. So it doesn't wear away with water, which I guess is a good thing because that's what it's supposed to do right. is protect the water. Anyway, so that's one option. Is these paint on end cut sealants? Those are a good idea, and. Then there's a whole other category of products that stop the water from ever touching the wood in the first place.
1: And it's broad. Like this, we're going to talk about. We're
0: going to talk about the tapes next? Yeah, I think we're going to go to the tapes. Yeah. So that was really the only two product categories I had. Right. To talk about today. This one's pretty broad. <laughs> this, is a, this is. Oh quite no! A, you know what? Let's let's go back one second. Some people use just wood oil for end cut sealant as well. I know some guys are using like Q Tech instead of using like a. A, an official like end cut and pressure sealants, treated yeah. sealant material they use a, just a, a deck oil hmm. like QTEC and they just soak their ends in that little tip too actually when, when we were building these end cut treatments you just you paint them on and so um Paintbrush is the easiest way to do it, but what we used to do is we used to dip it in an old box, an old GRK box. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So G- the GRK fasteners come in those plastic tubs that are probably, it depends on the size of the bits you're getting, but like like 12-inch long. Yeah. Boxes and they're, they're about perfect. four inches wide and they're plastic. <laughs> and we would pour our treatment into that thing and just dip our blocking right into it, let it soak it right up. Oh, geez, so there's a tip for like getting it on fast instead of dip like dipping the paintbrush ten times. Just yeah. dip it into a well. That's a not GRK box. I mean,
1: it's not too often that you're going to construction site to build a deck and you've got a paintbrush specifically for end cut that you're thinking about.
0: Yeah, unless so, you're doing it all the time. you're super
1: proactive. Yeah, not like us.
0: Anyway, so that's that. Um, now on to the. What's a, it seems to be like a booming category of products is the, the tapes. Everybody's getting James into this tape game now. Flashing tapes, yeah. So it's it's not a new category. It's been around for years, but there's like the big brands are starting to get into it, so it's getting a lot of attention. Years and years ago, before I was aware of any of these tapes that are out now, I was using uh, four-inch rolls of tar paper that you could buy locally, and I was taping up my beams with they're not taping, but covering my beams with the tar paper and a tack hammer and stapling it on because... Even back then, I understood that like, I'd turn off enough decks to know that the beams always had crap in between them, in between the laminated plies, always had seeds and dirt and everything, and that's where rot was occurring, and so yeah. I used to tar paper mine. And then I found a better product years and years ago called Resisto Joist Guard, and it was a self-adhesive solution to this now. Now, I didn't have to tack hammer this stuff down. I just peeled the, the Still tar paper based, off the back. Right? Yeah. It was like an asphalt-based Right, uh, uh, tape, and you could buy it in I think four inch and nine inch rolls, and so and it was like it was it wasn't the thinnest stuff though, but it had like a ribbing to it. I don't know what the point of the ribbing was, but um, so it was self adhesive at least though, and it had a, that asphalt adhesive on it that would then self seal around the screw that you're putting in. So then I started using that. Problem with that stuff is it like outside of the perfect temperature range, it exactly. just was a nightmare to work with. Yeah. If it was too cold, and by too cold, I mean probably like 10 degrees Celsius, which would be like, I don't know, 45, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. If it was below that, it just wouldn't stick at all, really. Like yeah. the the asphalt would... I think it was asphalt. I don't think it was beautiful. I think it was asphalt, but I could be wrong yeah. in that. Um, it just would... It would, it would get hard... Like it not hard to the point that it was cracking, but it just wouldn't stick it just wouldn't anymore. Stick, it wasn't gummy it enough. Anything. So then you had to tack hammer it down anyway. If it was in the optimal range, which is kind of like ten to twenty-five degrees Celsius, which is again that forty-five to I don't know eighty. Sure. It would work just fine. That was your good range. If it was over that, if it was like thirty degrees and up, or, or ninety degrees and up, then it become a gooey mess.
1: Right. It to, just wouldn't work. It stuck with. to itself, and it would just it would almost be like. It would almost be like slippery, like if you put it on, you could like push on it, it would just start to slide. Yeah,
0: because the goo- it would just it got gooey, so yeah. gooey. So it was a good product; it worked really well. And as with any product category ever, people started like making better, like making improvements upon things. And so that was my go-to for a while, and then um, now there's a bunch of products out there. So. like some people have also used Blue Skin or like Red Zone or those other water flashing tapes that are meant for other purposes, but they they serve the purpose just the wrong color. But now you've got a plethora of products in market now that are doing the same thing, each with their different approach to it. And so there's still asphalt-based tapes out there. Um, I think Vicor is an asphalt-based, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So you've got the asphalt-based tapes, which they're all going to perform fairly similar to what the Resistor joyce guard did, um, so like Vicor, Vicor and Deckwise have joist tapes that are asphalt based, and then you got your butyl based ones, and those ones seem to be getting a little bit more traction. That's what the big brands have kind of gotten onto. So, uh, your TimberTech ProTac tape now, like TimberTech has a line of joist tapes now called ProTac that's a, a butyl based tape. Trex Protect also has a butyl based tape. It's basically based off their Rain Escape system right. tape. Same thing, different, different dimensions. dimensions. Um, so those products are out there and they're really good. Like they're, they, they do uh, struggle with some of the same issues that the asphalt bait tapes do, but I don't think to the same extent.
1: I think the yeah, the temperature range for application, like optimal applications, a little bit more broad.
0: Yeah. They're a little bit more workable yeah. <clears throat> than the asphalt bait ones, base ones, I believe. So, um, you know, the Trex Protect ones come in an inch and five eighths width. That's obviously for your single joist uh, applications and then a three and an eighth, which is good for, I guess, double, like two ply yeah, but they don't have anything years. wider, okay. which I think I feel like they're missing the boat on there. And then, tr- um, well, what's, the, what's the rain escape tape dimensions? Well, you could use a rain escape one, you've got four inch, four inch rain there. escape ones, yeah, yeah. So you could use a rain escape tape, I guess. Um, so yeah, those are, those are good again. They stick just fine, um, stick really well when it's not freezing out, and they you know, they can be a little bit gummy as well. Um, they're fairly thin, so they don't like. Cause your deck boards to ride weird or anything, so they're not bad that way. Um, and then there's of course the one that's probably no, let's talk about the other one first. There's an like so another product called Imus Cap, which I, is which is a I've never actually seen it I locally. I know just learned
1: bit. about this before we, we did this podcast. It's so. the same
0: idea. It's a butyl adhesive on the back, of it, but instead of, instead of using like whatever um, film for the tape, they use like metal. It's a metal cap with a butyl base underneath. So you screw through metal. Seems weird.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not sure yeah, I'm not sure how that would work. So what does that mean? you, you got to buy lengths of it. Like,
0: right? You have to buy big lengths instead of a roll of tape. That's my problem with it. It probably, like, arguably maybe lasts longer under sun exposure because it's metal and not... But I don't know. So I don't do, know do, if you like, like, do you need,
1: like, metal like metal fat, like,
0: self-tapping screws? To get I wouldn't think so. Interior, it's probably, like, thin aluminum like, or something. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what it is. So I, I imagine most screws will bite through it, I'm, but I don't know that for sure. I just felt like I had to mention it. Okay. Well. <laughs> so... The one we like and everybody seems to like is G-Tape. Everybody's been listening for 14 minutes. Be like, oh, when are they going to talk about G-Tape? G-Tape is obviously the other big competitor in this space. It's different than all the ones you mentioned already. It's not a butyl. It's not an asphalt. It's an acrylic. It's an acrylic, yeah. So the benefits of the acrylic are numerous mm-hmm. uh, it's a acrylic adhesive so it it works differently than the butyl and asphalt it's the butyl and asphalt, It's the way they self seal a screw hole or a nail hole is to squish out material like squish out glue around it um, because there's a you know it's a thicker layer of glue that's in there so as you compress into it it's, it squishes around the screw the problem with that if you let, ask G-Tape or I guess just science is that when it gets cold that stuff can contract and exactly. so sometimes it can pull away from the screw I don't I don't see that as being a big issue. Like we install lots of rain escape up here and we get really cold and it doesn't leak. So yeah, I don't know how often that's actually happening, but the benefit of the acrylic is it works different. It doesn't squish out. So it's super thin. The tape is like, it's paper thin. It is paper thin. um, Because the adhesive isn't gooped on there, but the adhesive has, holds a negative charge. And so when that negative charge has a metal fastener go through it, it's magnetically attracted to it and it self-seals that way. And obviously like magnets aren't, like that charge isn't affected by temperature, so therefore, right. it's never going to pull away from the screw. So that's the nice thing about G tape. The the fact that it's super thin is another nice thing. Uh, dimensions there's like there's a there's a vast array of what is it like two yeah. four
1: six nine twelve and fifty
0: four I think it is. Yeah. So you get like literally sheet a roof with it. Yep. Um, but yeah, the dimensions are obviously a lot nicer because a lot of people nowadays are flat blocking. So if you're going to lay down a you know a two by six up against a joist and you've got seven and change material or nine and change if it's bigger lumber or double joist whatever you can use the nine inch or t- twelve inch or whatever and do it all in one pass so that's nice um also some guys are wrapping the tape over their rim joist between their rim joist and their fascia and so that a nice 12 inch roll does a good job of that too you don't want to be running don't want to like run and overlap 10 one and five eighths inch
1: i think the big roll, one for
0: me on that is
1: like when you're when you're applying it, if you don't quite nail it or it's not as straight as you want it to be, you can you can actually you can actually pull it off and reapply it, and it and it still sticks.
0: That's one of the unbelievable things about yeah. it. You cannot do that with butyl or asphalt-based yeah, tapes. If they touch themselves or anything else, that's it. It's on. So. G-Tape, you can unstick from itself, so if a wind catches it and whips it around you, you just unpeel it from itself and you you stick it down. And then you do have some time for workability. If you leave it on there too long, it's going to peel the wood up because the stuff sticks like crazy. Exactly, yeah. But initially, if you need to reposition to get out a wrinkle or something like that, you can do that. Whereas with those other options, you can't. Another thing I loved about it was the fact that it's hand-terrible. So you don't need a knife. The other products, you need knives to cut through. And then we mentioned having a sticky mess of adhesive. Well, that gets all your knives too in your hands. So it's cleaner to be able to just kind of like rip it in half, hand terrible. that's awesome. Um, What else? There was something else I want to talk about that was really good. Sticks at any temperature. That's the biggest thing for us anyway, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's the biggest one. It's one of many great features of it. That stuff is crazy. Like I didn't believe that it would stick at any temperature until we tried it. And it sticks at any temperature. It sticks just as good at like plus forty as it does at minus forty, or it well, just as good at one hundred and ten like, yeah, yeah. as it does at minus thirty.
1: <laughs> cold, really, Fahrenheit, really
0: right? cold. Yeah. So I used even just the low grade. Um, what's it called? Twenty ten, I think. No, twenty. Oh, it's been too long since we sold the non-deck related tapes. But the green one, the one that's supposed right. to be like a low, like no residue, their least sticky option. Right. I put up Christmas lights with it.
1: And it stayed? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, really? I put it up in like November when it was my, like, I don't know what it was. It was cold. And I just had a couple spots where I was running my Christmas lights that they were kind of loose and I wanted to hold them to my vinyl siding and to my aluminum railing just hmm. to get them tight there. So I used a little bit of this G tape to on vinyl siding and a cold aluminum railing and left it there until probably freaking like April or maybe a month longer than I should have. And so it sat through the coldest winter and then it got into a warmer spring and it, it stayed the whole time. And I peeled it off in the spring with no residue. It was crazy.
1: There you go. You put so, it here first. You can also use G-Tape for, for hanging Christmas, Christmas lights. lights. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah. So I think maybe we, we kind of like, we kind of showed a preference there. I think we like the G-Tape just so there's for a few sure. reasons to like it. Mm-hmm. Or if you go and look at some of the demonstrations that Trex or TimberTech will put on about their products, they'll show you the benefits of their products over a G-Tape. I know one of them is that, um, G tables scuff a little bit easier right. than Timbertex tape, whatever. So if you've got your joint, your your sliding on a beam or
1: something like yeah,
0: that, yeah, your sliding lumber or something like that, <clears throat> it can scrape or tear a little bit easier. Um, so there are some things that are beneficial with the other ones. And if you're always installing decks, like if you're in where's a moderate climate that stays moderate all year round, like if you're in like Tennessee or somewhere, sure, somewhere yeah. where it's not like it's going to get hot there too, but somewhere where it doesn't, you're not working with cold a whole bunch, well then you don't have to worry about the fact that it won't stick in the cold, then fine. Mm-hmm. Like the other ta- the, the other tapes are awesome too. They're all, the bottom of the line is, tape your joist is a good practice regardless of, which, regardless of which brand you pick, it's just which one you prefer to work with. Right.
1: It's all about water retention. Right? That's
0: right. So it's just the, the point is to keep the water off the tops of the joists because especially with this plastic composite and PVC decking we're putting down now, uh, as Marty from G-Tapes always used to say, we're putting Tupperware lids over top of our deck framing now. Yeah, like sure. moisture's not getting out; it's just like the wood's taking all of it. Well, you're
1: getting, yeah, you're literally putting down boards that are that are guaranteed for 25, 30, 50, 50 years. Yeah. So who who wants to, like, who wants to tear up that that decking after 10 years because their frame's all rotted out?
0: Yeah, so. and that's like those are the common rot places, right? Around four by four posts where you've blocked your four by four railing posts in. Now that That whole practice of doing railing posts is becoming less common as composite decks and aluminum surface mount rails come in, but uh, there, obviously, your ledger connection, which you need to flash, and some people are using G-Tape there as well. Laminated beams. Uh, Laminated beams anywhere. Keep the water from getting in between, or dirt, or whatever, in between the beams. It's a good spot there. Uh, your flat blocking—that's becoming more common. Taping—that's mm-hmm. good because you're just asking for water to lay in that on top of that board. And then the stair stringers. Stair stringers. Great spot too. And then the cavity between—not the cavity, but the spot between the top of your joist and the deck board laying on it. The water gets between it, can't dry out because there's no airflow there. The plastic decking's fine; it's not absorbing anything. Right. But the wood just stays wet. And you got a fastener hole drilled through there probably somewhere so it can right. slide into there. So these tapes just allow you to keep the lumber dry too, yeah, which is going to make it last a lot longer. Cost wise, it's cheap to do this. So in Canadian funds, usually most of our decks, if we're going to G tape a whole deck, it's like 50 cents a square foot, which in US dollars, I'm guessing that's probably 30 to 40 cents a square foot. Is the cost of the actual tape, it and then same time to install it either. Like it's, yeah, s- it's just it's super quick, and like any any of your laborers can throw this stuff down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty simple upgrade as far as uh, like for DIY. If they want to do it themselves, it's not going to take too much time. It's easy to do. The cost is low for contractors. It's a great upgrade that you can sell. Mm-hmm. So it's because a it's a good peace of mind thing to do. You're getting like you're increasing the lifespan of your framing, and it's a chance for an upsell for you to make a few more dollars doing the install on it, so, and you charge whatever you want for it so good yeah, good talk, <laughs> there wasn't any in chat. no there weren't somehow we stayed away from the Windows, I don't, I don't know, know how that happened, but, anyway um, what else, I feel like this is a is that it, is that all we're talking about? Let's we're done you. with the g-tapes, we're done with the tapes um, how else do you Protect your wood. I mean, we could talk about flashing in general against well, the house, could. I, I mean, guess. I'm sure everybody knows kind of what that's all about. Well,
1: but the, like, again, if you're going to get, if you want to do like a super expensive water, like rain, Trex Rain Escape, because that covers everything.
0: Yeah, Rain Escape. Yeah, that'll... That'll keep the co- water out. <laughs> yeah. That's because like with this, with these tapes, you're just taping the tops of the joists. So water still runs down the side of the joist. And that's fine because there's lots of airflow there. It's going to dry exactly. out. The problem is when wood stays wet. Nobody mm. likes wet wood. There we go. There's one. Work one in. You <laughs> always got to protect your wood. Uh. But as long as there's airflow, like the bottom of the joists, the sides of the joist, whatever, not a big deal. We have, though, we, on jobs where we've had the beams almost sitting in the dirt or actually in the dirt. sitting in the dirt a bit and gravel around it, we've taped the whole beam. That's right. Like wrapped the, from the bottom up and then overlapped from down from top down to make sure that we're protecting the whole beam so no water is ever getting into it. So. That's right. Um, and there's always people that are like, oh, I think the wood should breathe. You shouldn't. It's like the wood can breathe. The point is, if you're not letting water in in the first place, exactly. Well, and how can wood breathe if it's buried?
1: Like it's if it's buried in the dirt. Yeah. Like there's no airflow. There yeah, exactly. Either. And we actually use blue skin. Uh, one
0: one. Yeah, we've uh, wrapped, we've used blue skin in the past yeah. for too. It's just that the the tapes that are meant for this purpose are always black, so that's nice. Yeah. It's blocked out. You don't see it between the joists and whatnot. So, that's kind of a big. Bonus, I yeah, guess, for yeah, using exactly. those tapes because I the, one time before all these I knew all these tapes existed, I did blue skin the top of the joist on a whole deck and not thinking about what that was going to look like between the boards afterwards. I just right. like I taped them all, I was like, This is a great practice. I'm for sure the first the guy in the hound doing little this. baby
1: blue strips,
0: like yeah. staring back. And then at I you. start putting the decking down, and it's like you put your little gaps in. And was, I look at it, I was like oh boy what have I done I can't can't leave bright baby blue showing between my joists so So I went back I went back after and put tar paper over top of that wow that tar paper I used on the beams I put over that so this so that deck's it's 85 years old (laughs) now it looks brand new but it's probably like it's double protected now so it's not going anywhere um oh I had another thought there that I was going with I was like I forgot to talk about it no I so the paints the paints, the tapes the beauty like yeah I don't know while I was telling that story I had I was remember what I was going to talk about for now I've lost it again terrible anyway that's enough we have rambled on for long enough Um, what else if you guys we're going to fire up the YouTube show again so if you're if you've taken a hiatus because we did we haven't put a video up on YouTube since We're March second. Everybody else is taking hiatus too. Yeah, they didn't notice March second. Uh, the videos have been super well like watched. There's tons of people watching them and commenting on them, so we need to get back into that. We just kind of got busy with the season and. We made time every week to do the podcast and kind of let the YouTube thing fall apart. So that's, we're going to like, we're literally ending this podcast and recording a video for YouTube. So that's going to be a good one. Uh, It's going to be on like all the hidden fasteners and whatnot. So check that out. Again, last week, we mentioned that we are going to be down at Deck Expo this year in Louisville in November at the Decorators booth. Fifth to ninth. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's when we're going. That's when we're going. Sixth Sixth to eighth is the conference show those dates and so we're gonna be at the decorators booth Uh, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head right here but uh, it's a big booth they got some new stuff to talk about and we're gonna be shooting some podcasts and shows live from that booth there's gonna be an Instagram meetup on the Thursday at 2 p.m. so we're hoping to see everybody come visit us there and oh and there's gonna be tons of swag to give away there both from us and from decorators but there's also gonna be beer There is? I got a, yeah I got a message from them they said they, they got it set up there's gonna be the Instagram meet meetup at two o'clock free beer that is amazing so attendance just tenfold right absolutely. now absolutely yeah so if you're looking for a beer on Thursday afternoon which why wouldn't you be uh stop by the decorators booth say hi and stop in on the podcast like take a seat and come in like I think I, I really like the like the idea that we should just like sit down start a podcast open the mics have chairs sitting there and whoever wants to sit down and just Oh yeah, talk we'll, shop. We'll, let's do we'll it. We'll have an open mic. We'll have an open mic podcast. Open mic. There we go. Yeah. So let's do that. So that's it for today, everybody. Uh, G tapes protect your wood. It's a good practice. It just long get, adds longevity to this you know this young early growth lumber that we have out there nowadays. Putting on these fifty year products on a frame that's going to last fifteen. Do what you can to make it last a little bit longer. Stamina. 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 Lumber. For your wood. Stamina. Wood. we're stretching it now take care everybody thanks for tuning in we'll see see you again next week